Hey everybody, it's Honorado and Miller. It's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller, a college basketball preview. Uh, made a joke with Carl Massarello, like, hey, leave it to us to do a season preview when the season has already started. Well, but we'll do our, I will continue our college basketball yeah. preview. You, Albany, last week, Sienna this week, both head coaches on the show, Carl Massarello and Jim Jaber with us. Uh, Giants are in for a top five pick. What will they Let's do go. with it? <laughs> is the interesting question and conversation. We will have that now that we know Daniel Jones is done for the year. Terod Taylor is still injured. I'm going to stick with Ash's guy, Tommy DeVito. He's not my guy. Probably for the rest of the year. And we'll <laughs> see if they win any more games, but that could be a good thing. We'll talk about what the Giants might do with the draft. Are the Bills going to miss the playoffs? I mean, this team, I felt like the window was closing as the season started anyway. But to miss the postseason would be a huge failure oh, for this yeah. team. And I, it would have to signal the, the end of the Sean McDermott era in Buffalo. We'll talk about uh, the Bills as well. And Ash, the picks are hot. Well, your picks are hot. Mine are somewhere. They're warmish. Lukewarm. Um, week 10 NFL picks coming at you as well. A lot to do here on Honorado and Miller. And managerial moves in Major League Baseball. Some have us scratching our head. Let's go. This is Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpen House. Shout out to Alpen House. Shout out to all of our local business partners here on the show. We roll along every single week because of them and because of you for watching, either here on News Channel 13 social media, Facebook, YouTube, and X, or maybe you catch us on TV over the weekend. We love that on my four on Saturdays, News Channel 13 on Sunday mornings. All right, let's, let's talk some NFL here. We'll give our picks later on the show. We'll talk with head coach Car Massarello, the Siena head coach, in about 10, 12 minutes or so from now. Jim Jaber later on in the show, full preview of what the Saints have uh, ahead this college basketball season. Carol's watching. Hello, Carol. Always good to have you on with us. Um, sometimes we jump around with the start times we're and the days, and that, but we're back yeah. on schedule. All right, so Daniel Jones, his schedule is maybe back playing by the start of next year. Maybe. Will he be the starting quarterback of the Giants <laughs> is the question here because New York sounds like it's going to start Tommy DeVito the rest of the way. Why not? I mean, that's the plan at yeah. this point anyway. You're no good. Why not? And and I I agree. Look, I always say the worst thing you can be in professional sports is middle of the road mediocre. slash mediocre. Yep. You you either need to be a a championship contending team, and I'm talking like a top four team in the league, or a bottom two team in the league. You'd be really really bad or pretty pretty good. So the Giants are bad, and it just has me thinking here now, Ash. We know they're two and seven and they're going to lose many more games this year. I'm not asking if they should tank because I don't even think they have to, they to, don't have to try. put in the effort. They right. don't have to try. Um, if they have a top two pick, should they use it on Caleb Williams or Drake May? Yes. A resounding yes. Daniel Jones is making $40 million a year. Yep. And that was a decision 
probably more by man uh, by ownership than management. Mm-hmm. The Mara family said, this has been our guy. We like him. He reminds us of Eli. Give him a lot of money. And that's exactly what Joe Shane did. But Joe Shane didn't draft him. No. And Brian Dable probably feels the limitations. I mean, look, this is a guy who was the offensive coordinator for Josh Allen. Okay, A little different. A worldly talent. Yeah, a little different. And Daniel Jones is good. Yeah. He's a good NFL quarterback. good enough. But if you're looking at Caleb Williams or Drake May as potentials, I'm with you. I, I just don't think you can pass them up. However, could you see the Giants playing it as we have a top two pick? We can get a King's ransom for one of yes. these picks. Let's move out of the yeah. spot. Let's keep going with Daniel Jones. Yep. We'll give him another two years, see what happens. And if it's that bad again yes. or still, we'll be back in the same position. I, I could see Which that. Which would you prefer they do? I, Oh, good question. I'm not a big, Daniel Jones is not my guy. I just, for me, I agree with Leon. Uh, for me, he's not my guy. So I draft a quarterback, especially if we're talking about, and I, I get it. I know Caleb Williams hasn't had the greatest season, but he's coming off a Heisman season. He is a different, he is a generational talent. Mm. Daniel Jones is not that. And he's a very different quarterback. I know people are going to say, that Daniel Jones is sneaky athletic, and he is. He has the ability to run and extend plays. Caleb Williams is a running threat every single play. Caleb Williams, if he has no offensive line, can still give you a chance on any given play to make something happen. That's not the case for Daniel Jones. We're talking about two very different players, Um, and I don't think Caleb Williams is – Maybe as good as people thought at the end of last season. Um, but I still think if you have a top two pick, I say you take one of those two guys. Um, but I understand trading out. Like you could get potentially first and second round picks for somebody to trade up into your spot. Mm-hmm. If you can do that and you think you can better your team, listen, you're on the hook for the money anyway. Like you said, give it another two years. I know they have some kind of out maybe yeah. for the final year. Um, but if you're on the hook and you feel like you just want to give him one more try, but now he's coming off an ACL injury. Is he going to be as mobile as he was? Like there are all these questions that start to come up with an ACL tear. So there are always more teams that end up needing mm-hmm. a quarterback than we kind of think yes. at first blush, yep. right? Like new England needs a quarterback. They're going to tell you they don't. They're, they'll be lying. If they say they're that. not going to take one in the first round. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There could be real turnover in New England, which would make it. Yeah, but are they going to be bad enough? They're two and seven. I know. I'm just thinking when all said and done, are they going to be bad enough to have a top five pick? It'll be close, but they might decide we need to be aggressive and get into the top three or two. Um, Or maybe they, maybe they like a guy like Bo Nix, Michael Penix, um, Maybe they like those guys. I don't know. Um, New England needs a quarterback. The Jets won't have the pick, but they're interesting because Rodgers is not going to play all that long. No, but they're not taking a quarterback. Tennessee's set. Indianapolis is set. Houston, Jacksonville, no. Raiders need a quarterback. Yeah, they do. Would the Broncos take a quarterback? They probably should. Are the Bears going to take a quarterback? Are the Packers going to take a quarterback? I mean, we we can talk ourselves into this idea that 
if five quarterbacks go in the first round, and I believe they will, uh, you've got more than five teams that that yeah. want or need a quarterback. I think when you're talking about teams like the Packers and maybe even the Raiders, depending on how... Tampa Bay, Atlanta, the Rams. But you're assuming that Baker Mayfield is out. You're assuming that I, they're not going to go with Desmond Ritter. Like you're assuming not. a lot of things. But I just think if you're talking about, say, the Raiders, who says they're not going to go with McConnell for the rest of the season? And then if they get the opportunity to take someone decent, they do it in a second or third round. You're not going to get any of those five or six guys you just talked about because so many of those guys are going to go in the first round. But that's where they got Aiden anyway was in that. So, like, do you want another backup, maybe starting quarterback type? Uh, Probably not. But I just think I don't – there aren't going to be as many – as you think, I think. Um, but the ones that need it are going to are gonna trade up. Okay. Uh, frustration with Giants fans. <laughs> I like the all caps. I know. Very aggressive. I'm okay with that. No, me too. All right. So we both agree. The Giants, if in position to take Williams or May, they should do it. Yes. Maybe you I hit, think, maybe you hit I pause. I think Knicks. I think if they're in a position to take Knicks or Penix, I'm, I'm taking them too. I love Michael Penix. I think it's a very situational for those two guys. Like uh, for me, Drake may and Caleb Williams are probably going to be able to play anywhere because you're going to tailor your offense to that quarterback. Bo Nix and Michael Penix are a very specific kind of quarterback that are going to only kind of fit one way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're only going to kind of be able to play one way and you're going to, you're going to have to tailor you to them, whereas Caleb Williams and Drake May can adjust to what you want to do, yeah. I think. Ravens did that for Lamar Jackson. It can yeah. work. Yeah. It can work. Uh, this is surprising. I, you know, I knew the Bills were 5-4, and four and I knew it was close, but then when I saw the standings and realized they are actually on the outside looking in, currently eighth in the AFC, half game behind Cincinnati, which just beat Buffalo, so it's really a full game if you want to look at it that way. Things are bad in Buffalo. And and I, I felt it before the year started. The, I thought the window was closed. I kind of said, I think the window is closed here. Cincinnati's I better. I said closing. Maybe. But. Kansas City's better. <clears throat> I picked Jacksonville to make it to the Super Bowl. I picked Miami to win the division. So I already had Buffalo right. fifth or lower. Um, I don't think McDermott is back next year unless there's a wild turnaround and a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. You look at the Bills' schedule, too. They have back-to-back games here that are soft, and then they have to worry about Kansas City and Philadelphia and Dallas. I mean, they, they have a tough stretch. So they better be 7-4 and four at the end of next week? No, no doubt about it. But I think it's more than realistic that they miss the playoffs here. Look at the way Cincinnati's coming on. Yep. Now, Miami was terrible for a full half in Germany against Kansas City, but the Dolphins are still better than the Bills, even though the Bills beat them. I, I like Miami better. Well, Miami hasn't beaten anyone still. Not that's yet. the argument. I know. I know. And they know it. Yep. I, I just, I don't know. It, it, this is not going to be easy for the Bills to to make the playoffs. You can forget about making a deep run. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what the problem is in Buffalo. I just think they're not good enough. Like they haven't gotten better 
-hmm. in the off season. They've been competitive, but they haven't gotten better. They haven't made signings that have made them significantly better. Obviously you lose Dawson Knox and you put in Kincaid and like, it's just kind of an even swap, but yeah, they just haven't gotten better. They don't, do a lot well and they there hasn't been as much of the big play this season they have they've lacked big playability which is very rare for that team of the past four years now sam i hear what you're saying okay but the type of quarterback josh allen is and the expectations they've put on him and the addition of stefan diggs um making the playoffs is no longer good enough here if I'm the ownership, if I'm the Pagoulas, I see the potential. We should be getting to the Super Bowl the last few years. It didn't happen. I think it falls short with McDermott here. And I like him, mm-hmm. but I, I I think they know in the building right now he's not the guy to get them a Lombardi trophy. And if you know that, what's the point in just kind of, well, let's see what happens next year. You become the New York Yankees. You know this isn't the guy to get you there, it's it's time to move on. And and I like Sean McDermott. Again, I like Sean McDermott. Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show, a few Fortnites, he thinks, in terms uh, of his would, comeback. Only he would use Fortnites. I know. And that would take us to when from when he said it, which was Tuesday of this past week. Of this week. Are we talking a few means three? Correct. So six weeks. It would be Christmas Eve, and the Jets play the Commanders on Christmas Eve. Um, if he were to come back on the 24th of December, that would leave three regular season games for the Jets. Now, no sense coming back against the commanders. Aside from <laughs> the you know impossibility of this in terms of what we thought medically, it's a weird time to come back if he does, Ash, mm-hmm. because they would play Sunday, Christmas Eve, and then they're on a short week. They play the 24th and the 28th. Well, you know there's no way he's doing that. So what are we doing here? Are we just, is he just enjoying the attention, which we know he likes? Is he trying to keep his teammate spirits in this season so that they continue to play well? Um, I I don't know. I, I don't know what the end game is here because it just doesn't feel one realistic and two smart. He's trying to keep his defense in it because his offense still bad? can't do anything, literally anything. Yeah. If their defense, they've got to score, you know, they, they can only give up 14 and try to win a game because asking 14 of their offense is like a very, it's a big ask. Yeah. You, you're more likely to have their defense score 14 than their offense score 14. Chargers handled them, and now maybe I think there there's a little more confidence in LA. I don't know that there should be, mm-hmm. but there's a little yeah. more confidence in LA uh, after that went. Um, all right, let me. I'm going to skip something we had here. I just wanted to get to this quickly because a lot of people are talking about the Bill Belichick situation in in New England, and that there is this tension between the Kraft family and Bill Belichick, and that it has existed for a long time. Now, remember, Robert Kraft was a Brady person. Not a bill person necessarily, um, but you. While Brady was there, you could separate the two. Mm-hmm. Now we know a lot of that New England success had to do with Brady, and maybe Bill is just swinging and missing too much as a general manager. But reports this week are that despite this lucrative contract that Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported a couple of weeks ago, um, that Bill could still be out in New England. 
And you know, look, sometimes it just is time. And it just it's starting to feel like it's time. If if you were if I were to say to you, New England is going to reboot things, and that means they have a top five pick and they're going to draft a quarterback. Do you want Belichick being the guy to one choose which quarterback that is, two, trust him to surround that quarterback with competent offensive weapons? And and three, be the guy you know grooming this quarterback, getting him ready to play play in the NFL. As great as he is, I don't know that that he's the right choice at this point. My that. answer is always no, but I'm not a Belichick person. I know, but I you just can't, can't deny the results. I know, but it, you were you're talking about him potentially going somewhere else, and I heard somebody say that, like, "What about the Chargers? If they were to fire Staley?" You go to the Chargers. Like, Raiders need a coach. Who in Chargers their right mind is bringing that guy? He's Bears will need so, a coach. He's so New England through and through yeah. that it feels like they're the only organization in the entire league who can handle someone like him. And they only handled him because he was winning. And now he's not winning, and they're not handling him well. Mm. You're going to put drop him into a team with Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack and ask those guys to buy in from Brandon Staley to a guy like Bill Belichick, you're literally, you're taking, the league has become so much of an energy league and a positivity from the head coaching position. This is, Bill Belichick is the opposite of that. He's a dinosaur, he's a relic, and he existed because they won Super Bowls, and that was because of Tom Brady. I don't know that Bill Belichick can exist in this league anymore from a player's perspective, from guys wanting to play for him. It's funny. I said that um, how many years ago now? Maybe four years ago about Tom Coughlin, when Coughlin was in the front office yep. with the Jags. So after the Giants had yep. fired him, it was firing, let's say that. He was in the front office with the Jags. Jalen Ramsey didn't get along with mm -hmm. him. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this was all Coughlin's fault, but I said it then when I was doing radio. I said the league – has passed Coughlin by. And Belichick is worse. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's there's no question. Belichick could walk into any NFL locker room, though, could he not, and say, here are my seven rings. I get it. And half the people are going to be like, those are thanks to Tom Brady. <laughs> I just think, like, I don't care. It's not what yeah, have you done like prior. Yeah. It's what can you do for me now? Can you win for me now? And if not, then... I don't want to deal with all the BS that you bring to the table in terms of like just being a jerk and being a curmudgeon and, and, you know, having to sh getting in trouble for not showing up on time and doing everything to the T and whatever. I think there, there's something to be said for guys responding to positivity and youth and energy and yeah. Belichick brings none of those things. And, and quite frankly, it's an offensive league now. A lot yeah. of these coaches are off head coaches are offensive minded. You see the teams that are really struggling, a lot of them have defensive minded mm -hmm. head coaches, not forward thinking enough in offense. All right, we are limited commercial breaks uh, this week. The longest commercial break you'll see all show is 30 seconds. We're back in 30. Fall in love with camping all over again at Alpenhouse RV. As another season comes to a close, we look back on a summer of sunsets, late night campfires, and countless memories. Extend the excitement with a new summer retreat for you and your family. All month long, find amazing deals on new and pre-owned RVs from the nation's top brands, like this 2024 Coachman Catalina for $162 a month. 
or this 2024 Keystone Cougar for $387 a month. Visit us in Amsterdam or Saratoga or online at alpenhouserv.com. Alpenhouse, your total camping outfitter. And now, back to Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, we've been waiting a long time for this. I didn't know when it would come. You know, obviously, there was the intent to wait until after the World Series, and a lot of teams do that. The commissioner has asked teams in the past to do that. Don't make any major announcements to interrupt the World Series. Well, let me tell you something. If the Yankees <laughs> made a decision on their manager during the World Series, it would, probably would have helped. There's no doubt. About, there's no question. I was so disappointed in uh, the ratings of the World Series. The, did you watch? Well, it's funny. Did I say this last week that every game when I went to bed, the team that was leading, and I would go to bed around the fifth or sixth inning every night, won that game. Yeah. So. The, so you watched. There wasn't a ton of excitement no, no, with it. Not at all. You had injuries that took stars out of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, Garcia and Scherzer. It just, I was hopeful. And I said, I thought it was going to be a well-rated World Series because the playoffs had high ratings. I was dead, dead wrong. It's the lowest rated World Series in history. Anyway, anyway, how do I get the places where I go? It lacks star power. Yanks announced they are sticking with Aaron Boone. For months, I said that Boone and Cashman are both gone. There's no way the Yankees are just going to run this thing back. It isn't working. Did I say they were coming back? This will be, yeah, you did. This is year seven for Boone, I believe. And he made the playoffs his first six years. Mm -hmm. Missed him this year. Just barely finished over 500. And Brian Cashman, he had some comments towards the end of the regular season where you just scratch your head and you thought, is he watching the same team we're watching? Or is he just so defiant? He he lives in an alternate universe. I think he's just so angry and defiant at the criticism that he receives that he starts to shout things like this or spout things off like this. I'm proud of our people. I'm proud of our process. He dropped an F-bomb two sentences later saying, I think we're pretty bleeping good. Okay. I think you're pretty bleeping average. It just feels very defensive. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. It's not like... To not be like just kind of um, willing to admit, hey, yeah, yeah we, we have not played up to... And that's the thing. I just think it's like, it's unrealistic. People People see through that because... They're seeing what you're seeing, and yet we're seeing it in two very different ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, we're, you're not pretty bleeping good. You're, you won 82 games. And 82 games for someone else might be okay, like pretty good, not pretty bleeping good. For the Yankees, it's not good. No, the Royals and A's might take 82. Yeah. But look, the Marlins made the playoffs. So 82 is Get not really. Um, yeah, I, I just. Like, and we you can, can do this say. On another show where we say, hey, I'm proud who's of the effort. Center for the Yankees. Who's right. playing left for the Yankees? Who? I know. Like, I'm proud of the effort of my people. Say you believe in them. That's fine. fine. I believe in my people. I know the results haven't been there. You have to word it differently. You have to act like you have some grasp on reality you are running a baseball team a major league baseball team and the things coming out of your mouth make it seem like you haven't watched them play all year so boone stays in the bronx uh the mets wanted craig council uh they didn't get him this was a ooh, 
quick turnabout yeah. by Chicago. Did not see that coming. Firing David Ross. I, I, they just missed the playoffs. Mm -hmm. He's so beloved in that city. He was part of the championship team in 2017, 16? 16, 16 I, think, right? I think. Um, Now gone because I, I think the Cubs saw the opportunity here. Like, hey, we can go get Craig Council. There obviously there were conversations that happened mm -hmm. before they fired Ross and brought him in, so they knew they could get him. Um, and the Mets, the Mets then have to pivot. Well, they mm -hmm. they made a decision, and the, then you knew they weren't going to get counsel, and they hired the Yankees bench coach uh, Carlos Mendoza, not the former relief <laughs> pitcher, different dude. Yep, different Carlos Mendoza. A longtime member of the Yankees organization, managed a little bit in the minor league system. So I don't know. It's I, just I, so strange I, I didn't to me. think they should have fired Buck. So that's yeah, I didn't think so either. But it's so strange to me that like, are we still and and, and this is going to sound snobbish, but like, are the Yankees still so good and like so admired and you want to be so that you're going to take a team that hasn't been to the World Series in 14 plus years mm -hmm. and grab their bench coach from an average team? They're not any good. So what do we like? It, I'm not sure why we're poaching from a bad team. Maybe he's great. I, and and everything that Boone has said about him has been great. Uh -huh. But a lot of things that Boone has said about his own team have been false. So I'm not sure who to believe. If it's anything like Brian Cashman, don't believe Aaron Boone either. I'm sure Carlos Mendoza is great. But that's the that's the plan is to go get the Yankees bench coach. Like yeah. it just feels Meh. Mets have an interesting offseason too. Meh. Pete Alonso is going into the last year of his contract. Um, so some and they say they're not going to trade him. Yeah, and and I don't know that they will unless the thing is an absolute disaster as they approach the trade deadline. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. all right, college basketball season is here. Carm Massarello, Siena Saints head coach, is next on Honorado and Miller. Teams. Athletes, organizations, we're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpen House. Here we go, back on Honorado and Miller College Basketball Preview continues. And wouldn't it should be just like us to do a season preview after the team has already played a game, but at least they won the game, and they gave the fans their money's worth. And a tight one down the stretch against Holy Cross, but Siena 1-0 to start the season. The head coach, Car Massarello, is on with us here. Coach, it's good to see you, man. Always good to see you, dude. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Always great to see you too, Chris. Better after a win, I imagine. Hey, even if it was ugly, you know, we'd be young team, growing pains. But, uh, I, you know, I, I'll say it all the time. It's so much better to teach lessons after yeah. wins than losses. Um, year five for you. That's crazy, right? Like, I, we get kind of caught up in that lost season of COVID, or at least that lost NCAA tournament, especially of COVID. Um, but never a finish in the max standings lower than third. Two ones and two threes. You guys are picked to finish fourth. Uh, tell me how much do you hate preseason rankings? Yeah, I, I pay no stock to them, um, know. you know, but hey, it, it, it's nice. 
it's nice to be thought of where, you know, regardless who's on the roster, we're going to be able to compete. Um, and that's the goal here at Siena, right? We want to compete for championships and NCAA bids year in and year out. Um, that's how we recruit. And, um, you know, like I said, our, our fans, I think, appreciate the type of young men we bring in the program. So, okay, what, is it, what does it say then about the guys you do have? Many of the names are new to fans, um, but what does it say about the guys that you have that obviously you've been recognized as, as at least a top five team in this league? Yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just their work ethic, you know, and the one thing we have to do, and it's a little different, right, for freshmen to come in, is everyone knows who they are, right? They're professors, they're fellow peers, um, and, you know, they yeah. want to see a team win too. And then it's like, okay, well, now you have to be able to say no when your buddies down the hall are going to the townhouses or your buddies are going out, or in, you know, or there's some girls that want to hang out or yeah. go to the mall or go, you know, so being a Siena basketball player, player is obviously a privilege and an honor but there's also some responsibility that comes with it and I think we try to teach that early in the summer um, just with the different media stuff we do and different training sessions but then as you fast forward there's nothing like the the real deal uh, MVP lights post-game interviews and then you know you start to win some games and, and people start talking um, NCAA tournament and and those kind of things. So you have to be able to limit the noise. And we talk about that all the time is just, you know, keep our circle close and limit the noise and do our job. Uh, 73-71 on opening night at home. Love when the season opener is at home, but now you have a road stretch here. Um, what did you learn about your group, even in just one game? I, I don't know. I mean, you tell me as a coach, how much can you learn from a group in one game that you know will hopefully translate to this difficult stretch you guys have coming up? Yeah, um, you know, we, we have to just continue to work on our details. You know, our screening wasn't very good. Um, our offensive execution, you know, I thought we played hard, um, not necessarily smart all the time and, and, you know, really attention to the detail of game plans. You know, Holy yeah. Cross made way too many threes. The goal was to not give them pop-up threes. And I think out of their first 22 points or 21 points, their 15 of them were from five threes. Um, so that's something we got to continually stress, you know, scouting report, defense and attention to detail. But I think it, it's it's a constant process just in anything. You know, we want these guys to build great habits. And the only way you're building great habits is to do things continually um, and make them routine. Big wins last year included Florida State and Seton Hall. Um, do you see immediate results from victories like that, Carm, on a national scale where it opens up some some transfer portal stuff for you guys or i mean look because you always want to win those games for high school recruits and i get that that matters but this is an extra layer now where do you pop on the national uh scene to some kids who may be thinking i'm not getting the minutes i want here let me look there you hope um you know it's definitely used as a recruiting tool and i think that was you know our former commissioner rich ensor's uh great vision and, and foresight because the mac runs that tournament down in orlando um, so for us to be able to be in that, you know, we want to be in that anytime we can, yeah. uh, you know, we're only allowed every four years, but no, it's good. You know, we had an older team last year. Um, and I thought we had some good matchups, obviously familiar with Shaheen at Seton hall. And then obviously coach Hamilton, uh, you know, at Florida state always does a great job. So we're just great to be able to compete on that national stage. And, you know, we want to build teams for the NCAA tournament. You know, we have length athleticism, um, but I would say it definitely helps, right? You want to be on national TV. You want to play against the big boys. That's why we always try to play some, you know, power six or upper level conference teams, big East ACC um, for the fact that when it's all said and done, you know, 
th those games are, are great for us. We don't need to play them, right? I don't right. need to bring in X amount of dollars like certain schools where you have to play four by games and now you're own four. And, you know, we'll play them strategically. And also are like guys, guys like that competition, right? As a competitor, right? Wherever you play, you think you're better than that guy ahead of you or that guy at that bigger yeah, school. Um, and so we always want to have that chip on our shoulder. Uh, this weekend is set up like a Mac weekend, like where you would go Friday, Sunday, just the one off day, right? Saturday to to Monday starts with Richmond. Uh, what is it's funny, man. I haven't come up with a better word yet. We say like we're watching tape and we're watching film. It, it, none of it's tape or film anymore. It's, uh, what is the video show of of Richmond? <laughs> the video is. Uh... You know, obviously they're they're talented. They want to score. They want to get up and down. They're going to be switching screens on the perimeter. Obviously, we know Jordan King is there, who's a tremendous player who we believed in from day one. And sure. um, glad to see him have some success. Don't want to have him have too much success on Saturday night. Um, but, you know, Chris Mooney's been there a long time. He does a great job. They run Princeton offense and some hybrid actions out of it. Um, they play with great pace. They want you to, you know, quick shoot the ball. And then they want to get up and down and, and they want to play, you know, I call it pretty, um, you know, pretty offense. And we want to make it a little grimy and a little gritty. And, you know, we want to crash the glass. They don't really send anyone to the offensive glass. So um, definitely um, varying styles of play, but excited about it. And then, as you said, it's like Mac play, right? I want these guys, I always try to do it in the preseason or the non-conference schedule at least one time. Get these guys used to being on the road. Right. Not not a close scrimmage type deal where we made it harder than it had to be when we went up to New Hampshire. But I want to make it. Hey, this is now we're playing at Canisius. Then we got to play at Niagara. Right. right. That's the right. hardest road trip of the Mac tournament, Mac conference. So now we're going and we're playing at Richmond and then at American. And we have a one day prep and we have to get ready. And, and I try to do it where it's similar styles of play. Right. Holy Cross, American and Richmond, you know, all similar style of play. So there's some strategy in that as well. Okay, cool. Uh, let me ask you one more thing before I let you get out of here. The success of guys who have come through this program at the pro level, Stormo and Playtech uh, signed international deals, obviously uh, Pickett in Denver, man. Um, you know, how often are you able to keep in touch with these guys? Uh, you had a career yourself. What, what do you share with them about the experience? Yeah, you know, it's, it's just like when they're freshmen and they get to college. Now they're overseas or obviously Jalen in the NBA. Um, and then, you know, Anthony Gaines is also doing well in Germany. Correct. So, you know, we, we keep we keep in touch and, you know, it's about schedules. It's about, you know, taking care of your body. I mean, now you're a pro, right? You can go out at three in the morning if you want and, and go get a sandwich. You can go to the club the night before the game. Now, the, the people and the fans are going to see you in the club and, and all the people that are coming. So you have to be mindful of all that. Hopefully we've taught you enough lessons where you know how to now turn off your phone and put it on airplane mode and, and get your 10 hours of sleep. You know how to stretch. You know how to meditate. You know how to breathe. Um, you know, we're trying to build these guys to be pros for the future. And, uh, you know, we'll th we're thankful that we can keep, you know, that foundation here at Siena where they have a chance to grow. Well, you're getting out at the right time, man. Wintry weather in the uh, 518. Uh, I know it isn't as far south as Florida where you'll head soon. But uh, good luck this weekend, Carm. Uh, appreciate the time as always, man. Richmond and American. And uh, I know we'll see you guys back home real soon because a lot of people have the Sunday after Thanksgiving circled for some strange reason. Yeah, one day at a time. Yeah. Carm, thank you, man. Thank you.
All right, dude. Fall in love with camping all over again at Alpenhaus RV. As another season comes to a close, we look back on a summer of sunsets, late night campfires, and countless memories. Extend the excitement with a new summer retreat for you and your family. All month long, find amazing deals on new and pre-owned RVs from the nation's top brands, like this 2024 Coachman Catalina for $162 a month, or this 2024 Keystone Cougar for $387 a month. Visit us in Amsterdam or Saratoga or online at alpenhouserv.com. Alpenhaus, your total camping outfitter. And now, back to Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by Alpenhaus. College basketball season, yeah, it's here. Good to have Carm Massarolo on the show with us. Catch up with him. It's been a little bit of a while since uh, I had a chance to talk with him. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I promise he hasn't been drinking. <laughs> yeah. Problem is, I, haven't been, it's, I was going to say, you haven't slept haven't in. Been sleeping. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Oh, All right, let's keep this thing rolling. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Bill Miller, our guy at Performance Industrial. There's never a job, Ash, that's too dirty or too difficult for his squad to get it done. Carol wants to go to a C on a game. I say do it. Let's go, Carol. I say go for it. Yeah. By the way, I haven't been inside the, the new building at UAlbany yet, but the pictures look incredible. They do look pretty great. Broadview Center, what are you smiling about? They look pretty great. Oh, yeah. I, I saw pictures. I know. Leave it to you to come out of a Sienna. Well, that's what I, I knew. I knew that's exactly what you were thinking. You're thinking, we just did, but we just did 10 minutes of Sienna. I can't say something nice about the building. No, you can. Uh, I wish we, I would have thought ahead and shown pictures of it because it, it looks pretty great. Saw it on social media. Looks right. awesome. Um, Why? Why? Here's my dirty difficult done. Why does everything with the NCAA have to be so difficult? James Madison is, is nine classic. and oh <laughs> in year two, okay, of playing right at the FBS level, yet not bowl eligible because the rule is that you can't reach, you can't play in the postseason, Ash, in your first two years of going from FCS to FBS. Now that's exactly what this is, is BS. I don't understand. Isn't JMU at the disadvantage Correct. by going up yep. in competition? Yeah. So what is the NCAA protecting right. the Dukes from? Right. If they're 9-0 and and playing an FBS schedule, shouldn't they be bowl eligible? Yes. Who cares how many scholarships they have? Who cares how long they've been at this level? If they're winning games, they are qualifying themselves mm -hmm. for the postseason. I've never understood it. It doesn't make any sense. It like if you're going to relegate a team down to the FCS and you want to ban them from competing in the FCS playoffs because Fine. you think they have some advantage, Fine. whatever. Because again, they are not at the they they have the advantage. They would have the advantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. JMU has every reason not to be good, <laughs> and yet they're nine and zero. And you're going to say, you know what? You can't play because you're at a disadvantage and it's not fair to you. Yeah, Strange. doesn't make any sense. So James Madison is appealing this decision again with the NCAA. I can't imagine the NCAA is going to change its mind no, on But it's this. so stupid. It just doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to find the sense in this, especially at a time 
where we've thrown all the rules out. Mm -hmm. You can buy players now. Mm -hmm. Kids can leave and go play a week later for another school. There is no more sit rule. So why do we need this rule? All the other rules have changed. Get rid of this one. All right. I threw this up uh, beginning of the segment by mistake. Let's show the rankings here. The top eight have not changed. Uh, there's a new number nine. All Miss went from 10 to nine. Mm -hmm. But the top eight here in the college football playoff rankings have not changed. Um, could after this week, maybe, but probably not. Ooh. Maybe. Could. Yeah. Okay, good. You're leading me into what's next here. Uh, <laughs> could. Could. Michigan is at Penn State. Wolverines won't lose. I don't think so Will either. Georgia lose, though, to Ole Miss? Georgia is not – they're not winning impressively. No. They continue to win, but they're not beating people up. Ole Miss can score. Yeah. That's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I think it will be fun. Um, I don't think the rankings end up changing, but okay. this this is the best shot we've had at at it happening. And I mean, it's only been two weeks that there have been rankings, yeah. but yeah, I think next week, my guess is we'll see the same thing again, but you never know. All right. What should the punishment be here for Michigan signal stealing scandal? Because it continues to build and build and build. The big 10 is waiting on the NCAA. The NCAA moves like a glacier. Mm -hmm. So when all is said and done here, what should the punishment be? For Michigan, or maybe just for Jim Harbaugh? I don't know the answer to that question. What would you do? You're the commissioner of the Big Ten. What would you do? I mean, you have to suspend him. And and I understand <laughs> people keep bringing up the fact that he suspended himself at the beginning of the season. Well, good for him. Great. You've violated some more rules. Right, so guess this, what? Though. You get suspended right. again. Yeah. Like, that doesn't give you grace in anyone's eyes yeah. because you suspended yourself for violations in recruiting. Well, now you've taken it next level. And for all the people who are going to, to back him and say Harbaugh had no idea, first of all, you're absolutely clueless. There is no chance on this planet that he had no idea what he what Con uh, Connor Stallions mm -hmm. was doing. Mm -hmm. No chance. Because most of his coaching staff knew, so he had to know. Video was going to a hard drive that they were accessing. They had to know. And if he didn't know, then he's a total moron. He's a total moron. And then and then you're at fault because you're the head right. of a football team in the NCAA, a major Division I powerhouse, and you don't know what your own coaches are doing. So then you get suspended again. Here's what I think will happen. I think he'll be suspended. Um, and, I and then they'll fight it. And I think he will pull a classic college coach move and go go to the Bolt. pros. Yep, I think he'll get. I think he'll take an NFL job after this year. I think he'll just kind of throw up his hands and say, "Michigan Not was close it. to getting rid of me. Yeah. I turned things around and won." Now the NCAA and the Big Ten and all the other coaches in the conference have it out for me. I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to the NFL. I, I do. And I think that'll happen. I think he'll. I think he'll take one of those open NFL jobs. There are always six or seven of yep. them. Um, and and look, if you're the Raiders. Are you desperate enough that you give him the head coaching job and personnel decision making? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So that would be that would be, I think, attractive enough for him to make the jump back into the NFL. But yes, yeah. I think he'll be suspended. I think he should be suspended. And I think he will decide, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I I don't blame him. And I also I believe that coaches have it out for him. And I'm and I, 
I'm not saying other teams don't cheat, but you can't be as blatantly stupid as Michigan and do it and get away with it. If you're going to cheat, you got to do a better job at it. Because, yes, maybe everyone is cheating, but they didn't do it like the Astros, and they haven't done it like Michigan. Mm. Yeah, okay. All right, let's get to our picks here. Uh, Ash, this has been pretty good. You have been really good. Here were our picks last week. You know, remember when I said I tried to be different? And I went different because I wanted to try to create some separation. Well, I created separation in the wrong way. The picks that I went against kind of my intuition. Mm, okay. Were So did you follow the gut this week? No. Oh, jeez. There we go. I mean, not as much as I should have, but five and oh last week. 26 and 18. I mean, that 26 and 18. That's good. I could be in Vegas. That's now, good. I'm not. Like, you, stop comparing yourself to the real better. The real betters. Oh, those are the those are the good ones. You're getting there. And you're 24 and 20, which is still I'll take it. anything above 500 in in this is. I don't have any betting apps, good. and I don't bet right. ever. Niners and Jags. I like my home dog here. Uh, mm -hmm. Something I I subscribe to quite often. I also just like the Jaguars. They are trending up. The Niners are not. static at best. Give me the home team. They're not. They're the opposite of static. Okay. They're trending down. Okay. But yes, I also like the home dog and two teams headed in opposite directions. Next game, Texans. Hottest team Bengals. in football. Right. Hottest team in football. I like the Texans. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like the Texans. How about that comeback they're, last week? I mean, oh. CJ Stroud oh. has been phenomenal. He's been everything they thought he was and then some. D'Amico Ryan's. Should potentially be the coach of the year. Yeah. Um, Stroud could be the rookie of the year. Like there, there's a lot of good going on in Houston, but the Bengals are the hottest team in football. Yep, I'm with you there. Okay, we're gonna rip through these. Mm -hmm. uh, Browns at the Ravens. Baltimore. You keep picking I, against the Ravens. This is what I mean. I said this last week, but I we talked about how the Browns defense was really good. Yeah. They're a dog. I. I'm just trying to be a little bit different, and maybe I win this one over you. Maybe I don't. Ravens at home. Give me Baltimore. They'll get this number. Giants and Cowboys. I didn't even it, flinch. I know. I thought Cowboys will score in the mid-30s. The Giants won't even score double digits. It was just the number was too big for me, but I agree. I just don't I don't know where the points come from for New York. Maybe their defense. I'm not sure. But 15 and a half is a so many points. And Dak at home as a favorite is really, really good. And they're coming off a loss that, that I, I think the Cowboys okay. are going to blow them out. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. The Sunday night game. Well, who's watching this one? Jets, Raiders. Uh, we, are, right. we are both on the Raiders here. Yeah. Impressive win last week for The Jets Las are not Vegas. good. They're not good. And the they're Giants not, aren't good either. The so Jets you're going to back to back. is very good. But Anto Antonio Pierce is the guy for the job. The whole... That whole situation is laughable. All the reports that have come out about yep. him and McDaniels mm. and the mm. little bit of whatever is is funny. Pierce is great. I, the guys are going to play for him. Here are our picks for the week. All right, can we go five and zero oh again? Probably not. But well, we're take we a, take a shot at. Hey, we are always we. You and I are always we. We will be right back with Sienna Women's Basketball Head Coach Jim Jaber. Camping all over again at Alpenhaus RV. As another season comes to a close, we look back on a summer of sunsets, late night campfires, and countless memories. Extend the excitement with a new summer retreat for you and your family. All month long, find amazing deals on new and pre-owned RVs from the nation's top brands, like this 2024 Coachman Catalina for $162 a month, or this 2024 Keystone Cougar for $387 a month. Visit us in Amsterdam or Saratoga or online at alpenhausrv.com. Alpenhaus, your total camping outfitter. And now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpenhaus.
All right, back on Honorado and Miller in our college basketball preview segments continue now uh, halfway through with the Siena Saints. And that women's program is rolling right now under head coach Jim Jaber going into year number three. Such a good year last year. And uh, the preseason polls reflect it uh, because the Saints are picked to finish second. Highest they've ever been picked to finish in a long, long time. I know coaches say all the time, preseason rankings mean nothing. Well, what, I, I guess I'll just ask the coach if the preseason rankings mean anything. Let's bring him on now. Jim Jaber, the head coach of the Siena women's basketball program. Coach, do, do preseason rankings mean anything? No, um, <laughs> they, they don't. Uh, the last two years we were picked ninth, and I think we finished fourth. So, um, you know, hopefully um, hopefully they do, but this year because we'd like to finish first. But, um, no, they don't. And, and if you watch us practice today, you wouldn't think that we were the second-best team in the MAC. So um, got a lot of work to do, but it's, uh, it's early. In all seriousness, though, I guess when you do get a ranking – that high and one you feel I'm sure like you have earned based on past performance. What does that do though for the, the locker room? Uh, it's funny. I almost used the word culture, which I heard you talk about it during, you know, Mac uh, media day. Like everybody wants to talk about culture, but, but what does a ranking like that do for a team's morale? Well, you know, I don't even know if I can answer the question because we don't give it any merit. Okay. Like we don't, we don't talk about it. We don't, I mean, it's, we go to work. I mean, because at the end of the day, like if, I mean, you may want to win a national championship, but if you don't take every step to do that, yeah. then it doesn't matter what you want, you know? So, I mean, so we don't really talk about it because there's just other people's expectations. We have our own. And, um, you know, if you follow the process and you do what you're supposed to do, then hopefully you get where you want to go. You have so much coming back from last year. And players who were really good as freshmen, now another year in your system, how confident are you in what you've got right now, having yet to play a game, obviously, but but going into this season, how good do you feel? I mean, I really like our guys. I mean, I, I love being around them. I love being in practice with them. Um, I mean, they work super hard. They care so much. Um, and that matters. You know, that matters a lot. Um, I'm also impatient. And so, you know, when they're not getting it the way I want to get it, um, you know, they hear about it and uh, and it burns me. Like, I mean, I feel like, you know, my favorite houseplant just died. So um, I, I like it just, you know, it's it's hard. So because, you know, we play on Thursday and I know we're not ready for Thursday, you know, so you got to find ways and be inventive and trying to get that communicated to them. Um and, you know, we're st like last year, we were the youngest team in the country mm -hmm. and um, we're, we're still really, really young. We're going to rely on young guys again, sophomores and freshmen um, predominantly to to get where we got to go. I have bamboo plants at home, which require <laughs> pretty much no water. You, you no can't sunlight. do anything to those things. And yeah. I and and I still struggle sometimes to get to keep all of the shoots healthy I, I don't know what it is no we lived we lived in uh in south florida for four years and yep. our backyard i mean they create great cover but like you literally they grow everywhere and like you you can't get rid of them you can't kill them I, maybe you should get a couple from my old house but um yeah i mean we we couldn't kill them en enough there was they were all over
they're supposed to be good luck. Well, <laughs> I didn't last there four years, so I don't know how much luck they gave me. <laughs> well, I know you're happy to be in the spot you are now. I um, am. The, the pace and the style you guys play, how much of that is built on what you do in the offseason, the stuff that fans won't see, right? When they come to the arc uh, for your home opener, which is still a little ways away, you get back-to-back -back games on the road to open. Um, how much of that is, is built in the offseason, Jim? Well, if we're not in condition, and if we don't condition our minds to always push the envelope, then the way we play becomes very stagnant, mm -hmm. and it's ugly, and and it's not you. You're not going to be successful. So they made a promise that they wanted to play fast, and all that that entailed, and um, and now you know now we got to figure out if they're really up to it because it's it's not easy um, when you're when you're committing to play 40 minutes at the highest pace you can play, yeah. because that's what's, that's a differentiator. So our pace makes us different than, than our opponents. And so in theory, it makes you harder to guard. Um, mm -hmm. It makes you harder to defend when you have to make decisions based on what we're doing. But if the pace is slow, then, then they don't have to make a lot of decisions. And, and so, and, and, but that's the hard part, teaching them how to play free and how to interpret things and how to space things and time things. And, and that's the difficult part that we're having now is, is just, they're so young and, and as well intended as they are, um, you know, they're, they're trying to learn these things for the first time. And, um, it's, it's when they get it, it's going to be something really beautiful. I mean, it's going to be a beautiful thing. There's a buzzword in basketball that I don't know exactly when it was created. I want to give credit to the Golden State Warriors, but maybe it was before that, and, and I'm just being kind of prisoner of the moment here, positionless. Yeah. When I watch you guys play, at times it feels like it's positionless basketball. Is that Does that cheapen what you're doing, or do you feel well, that's accurate? No, I, I think that's a compliment because you know I'm a, I'm a fan of European basketball, mm -hmm. and in Europe – it's more academic like you know here kids play in aau they play in schoolyards they just play free and loose there you're only in the gym with a coach so you know a seven footer is learning how to dribble and shoot threes and and do all that stuff and they're more fundamental generally uh, and and so though I'm, i think i'm stereotyping a little bit i think at the end of the day um Every like we want everyone to be able to shoot the three and put it on the floor and pass with either hand. And and, and now that makes you so much harder to guard mm -hmm. as a team. I mean, because if you only have to rely on if you only have your king on one shooter or, you know, one dominant player now, it I mean, it, that's not fun. And, and so so um, we want everyone to be able to do that. And 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 then you are kind of positionless at that point. Cool. Uh, the home opener is against Penn. Um, and then the at Albany game is interesting, too. We talked with head coach Colleen Mullen last week just kind of about uh, their first game in the new building. That'll that listen. We don't need any extra juice when it comes to Siena and New Albany, but that's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, you know, she does a great job and her guys play really hard. Colleen does a really, really good job. And we haven't beaten them yet since I've been here. So, um, 
we're hoping that we have a different outcome this time and and we have much respect for them and their program and uh, hopefully they won't have a whole lot to celebrate when they christen the new place well, i was getting to it that that home opener november 19th against penn uh back-to-back -back home games you get merrimack uh, a little more than a week after that right on the 28th i believe um coach good to catch up with you a little bit hey just uh, you don't remember this but i do one of the first sideline gigs I had here in the Capital Region was calling a Siena-Dayton game and got an opportunity to, to, to catch oh, up with you. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and nothing to do with you, because I'm sure I would have remembered you, but I've got my mom's jeans and I can't remember a, a blessed <laughs> thing. It's awful. But um, I, I hope it was entertaining for you anyway. And I think it probably propelled your career to new heights. So I, I, that's right. Your interview is at the top of all my resume. Yeah. Rails, coach. You know, I, I tell people, you know, Doris Burke, right? ESPN, yep. the NBA. Yep. She used to do our games when I was at Providence. She would do the radio at our Providence games. So you're well on your way. <laughs> She's a Providence legend. Coach, thank you, man. Uh, good luck in the season opener, and, uh, and we'll see you at a home game for sure. Appreciate you so much. Have a great day. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. And now, back to Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by Alpen House. All right, here we go. Back on Honorado and Miller. Final segment of the show. And it goes to Ash, your dirty, difficult dumb. And we don't want to short. This is We're not trying to short change no. Cody here by wrapping up the show. But we felt it was... A nice sentiment and a good way to end the show to honor a kid in, in Cody Dorman and a story that we've talked about this mm -hmm. um, captured the hearts of America, captured the hearts of Saratoga racing fans. We see Cody's wish win at the Breeders' Cup. And two days later, Cody Dorman, a day later, mm -hmm. Cody Dorman passes away um, after a long fight, a hard life. Yep. But this is a kid who is on everybody's tongue, who, you know, lived a great life for the time he was on this earth and had a very special connection with this horse. And it's one of my favorite stories of the sports season and in the last few years. So we wanted to honor that and recognize that just the effect that that young man has had. I love that. Have a great weekend, everyone.